Oh my god. Right, let's go, let's go. Wow, okay. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast and this is a special emergency, emergency episode. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. God, I still haven't turned my phone off. It's so stressful. This was stressful. Can I be honest with you? When I heard the news that, when I heard the news that Spurs had, let's be honest, got rid of Pochettino, relieved him and his coaching staff of their duties, I felt sad and I felt a little bit sick and it was weird. I was like, why do I feel like this? It's not even my club. And I'm going to be honest with you because I know that, look, well, this is this podcast got different political views. I get that. This felt to me like the night of the, it felt like that word I don't say. It was a bit of a referendum type thing. It just like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Like, I was like, something's gone wrong for that to happen. Mm. Like the way that a, a club being managed by the arguably the second best coach in world football, in my opinion, the second best coach behind Klopp. And I think that I'll stand by that. I think he is the second best coach in the world. For a coach that has, for a club that hasn't had a coach of that quality for decades to part company, something has gone wrong on a systemic level. And the reason I feel sick about it is because in a perfect football world, these things don't happen. And it reminded me just 24 hours after Spain led off their manager in pretty traumatic circumstances to the point where the manager himself was devastated and couldn't really speak. It wasn't even 24 hours, was it? Less it was officially done the, the same day. Brutal. It was like something from Macbeth. What's that thing? What's that saying? If it were done, well, well, it were done quickly. And I mean, this is ruthless from Spurs. I, I can't get my head around this. I mean, I can't. Right, I can't, but, but so right, I know what you mean. You there's going to be... Can't. There's going to be a lot of Spurs fans who are obviously probably a lot more in tune to sort of sure. the day-to-day goings-on at the club. And, you know, they will definitely yeah. know a lot more about the situation than, than we do. For sure. Obviously, results weren't good. Their league position isn't good. Yeah. And but, the relationship obviously became untenable, for sure. That's clear. I'm going to swear here, so if there's any kids listening, put your earmuffs on. I'm like, what the fuck did you expect him to do, really? If you implement that kind of wage structure with those kind of players and they start getting successful and you're not prepared to break that wage structure, when you have a coach that is so intense, like Maurizio Pochettino, you have to show progress. Absolutely. And if if the players aren't rewarded for getting to the Champions League final, when they were the only club who in the competition pretty much who didn't who got that far who definitely well definitely the only club who got that far who didn't buy anyone first Champions League final in their history less than six months later gone wild absolutely wild and I I, I commented on Twitter my first reaction was this is a strange mix of utterly unfinished business and also time's up and it reminds me in historical sense of Brian Clough and and Peter Taylor leaving Derby County. Well, we had a question from Jonathan Fisher saying, when was the last time a manager was sacked by a club with the absolute certainty that he'll be picked up by a bigger slash better one? Brian Clough. That's it. And that's how far back I have to go for this because that's how unjust it feels. And at the same time, that's also how final it feels in terms of the end of a cycle. It felt like this was the end of the road because if you look at the Derby County situation, Sam Longson, I think the Derby County chairman, there's some, some unusual parallels there, striking parallels in the sense that Longson wouldn't give 
Clough and Taylor more money to really take the club forward. Mm. They'd made a couple of ambitious signings, um, you know, back into the early seventies, but hadn't been able to push on from there. And Clough and Taylor were like, "This is this is going nowhere." And I think that's what Pochettino realised because the longer you stay in that situation, the more your stock starts to fall. And he didn't deserve his stock to fall. Should have gone in the summer. Which is, which, which is so sad to say, because if you think about that, like, he should have a coronation. He should have left on a high. He should have done what Mourinho did after Inter. Mourinho knew at Inter that he crested a wave. Yeah. He knew, like 2010, all those players, he was like one final push. I've just coached the absolute backside of this squad. And the same with the Spurs squad. Look at the performance he got from Lorente, mm. for example. If you look at that, I mean, what Pochino has done, you can almost say that this is that old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Mm. And clearly a victim of his own success where you raise expectation to such a point where people start getting angsty. You could say that happened. Harsh to draw a parallel with Leicester because Leicester, there were other issues there. But perhaps again, Ranieri looking at Leicester then actually gets no better than this. And if Pochettino can be criticised for anything, I don't think he can because it's unfair to criticise him at all. If he would criticise himself for anything, he might just think, do you know what? I could have could have the summer off and had a sabbatical, yeah. you know. He could have been on the beach still yeah. until the end of the season. Instead of this. And then walked into probably either the Real Madrid job or the Manchester United job. Frankly, not being funny, any of those jobs yeah. are still his. Like, not being funny, any of them. He's that good. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He is, he outthought Guardiola comprehensively over the course of several seasons. Had he the same resources? I think he'd done better. I think if you swap Guardiola and Pochettino, Guardiola doesn't do that. I, I really think, don't get me wrong, Pep's an amazing coach. I really think Pochettino is that good. I mean, obviously, circumstances are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think Poch has overachieved every single job he's had. Unbelievable. And the football they've played. I mean, well, we've said this before, and you know, I'll say it again. There was t- a two-year period where Spurs were the best team in England. And Agreed. it was just they didn't win the league either year. And that was it, yeah. And yeah. I know that there would be some people who come back and say, well, how can you be the best team and you don't win the league? Consistently over those two seasons, they were the best team in the Premier League. And yes, a lot of people will point to the lack of trophies, but we've also said before that, you know, with changes in modern football, the pool of clubs that can realistically win trophies reduces season on season, basically, to a degree. Right. And it's very rare that you get surprises. The fact that he took them to the Champions League final and is gone six months later, I just, I just think is, is bizarre to me. I wanted to kind of bring in a couple of things. There was a tweet from Seb Stafford-Bloor mm. from TIFO 442, Football 365, who is a Spurs fan. Right. Excellent he, writer, yeah. yeah. Worth checking out, yeah. And he said, um, I'd say a couple of Pochettino's players should be particularly ashamed of themselves in light of that, which I agree with. Uh, the thing is, it's just players downing tools losing motivation um, as of toxifying the dressing atmosphere. The challenge that Pochino had was, you know, it's twofold, being unable to shift players, but also bring players in. Yeah. And I mean, there were a lot of noises all season about things behind the scenes and, and stuff like that. But I mean, for those who haven't read it, shall I read the, the statement? Because the statement's weird. Um, so on the Spurs website, it just said Maurizio leaves club. That was the title of the statement, which is, left it is just weird in itself. The club can today announce that Maurizio Pochettino and his coaching staff, Jesus Perez, Miguel D'Agostini and Antoni Jimenez have been relieved of their duties. 
They didn't even say parted company. Chairman Daniel Levy said, We were extremely reluctant to make this change and it is not a decision the board has taken lightly nor in haste. Regrettably, domestic results, check this out, at the end of last season and beginning of this season have been extremely disappointing. It falls to the board to make the difficult decisions. This one made more so given the many memorable moments we have had with Maurizio and his coaching staff, but we do so in the club's best interests. Maurizio and his coaching staff will always be part of our history. I have the utmost admiration for the manner in which he dealt with the difficult times away from a home ground whilst we built the new stadium and for the warmth and positivity he brought to us. I should like to thank him and his coaching staff for all they have contributed. They will always be welcome here. We have a talented squad. We need to re-energise and look to deliver a positive season for all our supporters. Do you know what I detest most about that? Pochettino, at a time when Spurs in the ascendancy, had to play the home games at Wembley. If Spurs had been at home at White Hart Lane for that season, they could well have won the entire league. Mm-hmm. Arguably would have won the league. That was a huge disadvantage going away. As Arsenal fans will know, playing at Wembley, all those new dimensions, it really changes things. And the ungratefulness in that statement is so grim. And you look at that and you sometimes go, you know, we know what's actually painful about this, I think. And I'm not even a Spurs fan. What's painful about this is you might read that as some of part of Pochino's camp and think, how much was I truly appreciated? If that's how people can compose a statement, right? That club came out, that, that statement came out of a football club that had got what they wanted fundamentally. They got rid of me, which is what they wanted. They didn't even have the courtesy and the grace to craft something that at least sounded more grateful. Those are the kinds of words that make you think, actually, I'm not coming back to this place. I'm not setting foot in that stadium again. But I hear that and I, I hear that, I read that and I, I hear that and I, I feel contempt and I'm not even involved in the club. I mean, something, something else must have been going on that we don't know about. Must have. Because that is, when you hear things like that, I mean, I, you know, we're angry, from, I mean, or irritated or upset, or whatever, from the outside. But the one thing I'll say about football is, and this sounds a bit sort of counterintuitive, whenever something looks fishy like that, there's always a fundamental reason ultimately that makes you go, actually, yeah, I get it. Like when, you know, when Tevez mm-hmm. and Mascarano went to West Ham, and everyone was like, that makes no sense. And everyone was like, oh, it's a third, PR, a third party ownership thing. I think it'll be the same with this. Some catastrophic breakdown of relationships that just made it so untenable. But the reason for that breakdown, I think, and I'll say that is the, under, the chronic underinvestment in that squad. There was that one season where the only player they brought in was Sissoko. Mm. And all they needed was a ball playing midfielder, like a sort of Lacelso type player. And it would have elevated them. They brought Sissoko in who didn't settle for months. Should we go through a few questions because we've had a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, apologies to anyone who sent them in but I'm ignoring any Arsenal related questions because it's just not the time. I'm not talking about that now. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll start off with a bit of a light-hearted one. One from Annalise Jesperson. What's a healthy amount of time for a Spurs supporter to spend looking wistfully at pictures and gifts of Poch asking for some friends? Forever. Some of us are still doing that with Ferguson, so I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, some of us stopped that with Ferguson two years ago, but some of us were doing it for a long time, so you're good, you're good, go, go ahead, Annalise. So there was one from Stephen Crilly, there was one from Stephen Ryan, one from The Pod Addict, uh, which is Kunle Ajayo, basically Mourinho to Spurs discuss, kind of. Oh, no. I no, mean, no, apparently no. There, I, there, there were already noises, he's thrown his hat into the ring. That isn't, that would be an awful... I mean, he's in London. He's available. I'm in Berlin. Do you know, do you know what? I don't want to kind of go yeah, after Spurs here, but that kind of seems like a 
I, I don't know. Daniel Levy, Mourinho available. It kind of seems like someone he'd want. But why? He won't give him the investment. You really think you're going to take Mourinho? Anyone suggesting Mourinho to Spurs? I know. I, I mean, I don't. I, I would not. I would not want that to happen from a Spurs perspective at all. I mean, what have you been building? You talk about a project, and you want to bring in someone who will ask for extraordinary sums of money. What Spurs are going to realise now is just what incredible value Pochino was. Oh well, you said it before that like pound for pound, he's up there. I think so. You pound know, for pound. In terms of what he got yeah. his squads to do on what he got given. There are, there are players with careers, and I won't name names because it's not fair. There are players whose careers he developed to such an extraordinary point who owe him a debt. And I don't just, I'm not even saying that these players were like not good players. I'm saying that he brought out their potential in a way that was remarkable. So even actually, and this is not disrespectful, this is actually a compliment. Look at someone like Trippier. Mm. Trippier is now the primary playmaker for Aleti which isn't necessarily saying that much because of Atleti being... No, but point being, the development of, of, of um, Trippier's career under Pochettino. Yeah, yeah, I think it's easy to get a little bit revisionist with, with Kieran Trippier though, because he did he have was already a massive good. dip in form at Spurs for a while. and But he was maximised, like his potential was maximised for sure. Yeah, but he was also underperforming for a while. So I think that I don't... Yeah, I mean, I'm saying yeah. he's, it's not all of a sudden they've let him go and he's... There he is again. It's I mean, no, but just but, you know. but but in terms of what he brought from, I'm not sure that other clubs would have or coaches would have really seen a player like that and been we can really use him to that extent. Or the fact that he sold Carl Walker and pushed the team forward, which a lot of people didn't think was possible, and the money they got for him, right? Yeah, um, over fifty million pounds. So he made you know he made some really amazing adjustments and brought the best from players. You know, it's very rare that you see players who. You know, we, we everyone saw Delia's potential, mm. but he, you know, he's had trouble in the last sort of year and a half. But he did realise it. Like Delia is legit. So when he drops in form, you're going, oh, there is an elite player who's having a drop in form, as opposed to he's reverted to his level. Like that is how good he made his players. I know we spoke about it before, but do you think the Harry Kane conundrum? How do I say this? I mean, it's club captain. You know, one of their own. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We've said for a while that I think in order for Spurs to really kick on, they had to solve that problem. And and as good as Harry Kane is, you know, and he he obviously is an, an elite striker. I don't know. I think it's also investment. I think you just yeah, true. You know what I mean, I think that's investment again because look at how many tools other clubs have. Liverpool have got what five forwards that I mean, can they, rotate. Yeah. Then you've got uh, Gabriel Jesus at City, who's you know, barely playing that much or doing that well, but you've got a player that good just there. Should we go to another question? Yeah, I think sure, this sure. looks like it might be a Spurs fan yeah. at Edward BFLO on Twitter. Would you be so kind as to speak Tuckle to Spurs into existence? I mean, in terms of fit, man, I think Tuckle could walk into pretty much any club in the Premier League and, well, and push them on. They won't give him the money. But also he signed until 2021 at PSG now. And they won't give him the money. Who's going to look at Spurs and be like, oh yeah, like there's a club I really want to go to of the truly elite coaches. But the tools are there and, you know, I mean, it may just be a change in personnel. You never know. Mm, I'd like to think so. You know, I'm speculating. No, I'd I'd like to think so. Do you know what it is? I'm I'm, I'm slightly bitter because I don't want to, I don't think a club that treats a manager like that deserves nice things so quickly. But for the Spurs fans, let me just qualify that. For the Spurs fans, I hope that they get a great coach in. 
I mean, Tuchel is brilliant. I think that he and Pochettino are very comparable. And I can't see him leaving PSG yet. No, and the, the problem I would say, and, and you know, making a serious point, casting aside my own my own business, um, what I would say with Tuchel is the intensity was an issue at Dortmund. It was an issue there, and it could be an issue again at Spurs. And the challenges, I mean, look, if you look, he fell out with Vatska, this was sporting director. And yeah, like there's, there's not really an easy replacement. And maybe there will be more budget. Maybe this isn't actually about money. Maybe it's about personnel. I don't know. Do you think it's Allegri again? Is it Allegri time? He's just a good, he's just a really good coach, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he? I think he could probably do a good job there. I think he could. I think, I mean, the players, I mean, Levy is right in the sense that this is a talented squad. There's no question about that. And they've been underperforming. What about a manager spot with Everton? Marco Silva to Spurs. Marco Silva has done very well from landing bigger jobs by not really achieving a huge amount. Pochino at Everton, actually. We had a question about that. Who was it from? Let me find it. Uh, Aaron Durand. Wow. Posh like- for Everton, discuss. Shout out to Aaron. Listen, they do reply when they do that. I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll, we'll ask them. But um, Is this going to be another chat yeah, shit get facts thing? Yeah, it's going it's, it's to be a thing. Uh, did you notice I started hashtag big kit talk? <laughs> big kit talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Pochino Everton would be brilliant. It would be brilliant. Absolutely. You can, imagine- they not just do a, can they not just do a, a managerial swap and just no compensation changes hands? Because here's the thing, Everton would spend money. They'd spend money. They spent 50 on Sigurdsson. Like, Wouldn't it be completely amazing if all of a sudden it was Pochettino who unlocked Theo Walcott's inner Ronaldo original Pochettino for the latter Everton years of his career? It's just... actually perfect because you know the one thing that Klopp doesn't want is that. He doesn't yeah. want that in his backyard. He doesn't no. want any, he wants no parts of that. No. I mean, going back to the situation, because we're not going to spend too long. This is a bonus one. We've got yeah, three sure. coming this week. So That's right, yeah. Obviously, it's very easy for me to put my Arsenal hat on and get partisan and stuff but from a Spurs perspective there was so much positivity over the last few years new stadium great manager arguably the best manager the club has ever had in the, definitely in the modern era anyway and the end of the North London rivalry so. actually we had a, a question kind of on that well it wasn't a question it was more of a comment from Shane Thomas he ended Spursy he ended St Tottering's Day that's the guy Spurs have said they don't want at their club with the you know kind of face palm emoji that's so true he did end he ended that like he basically stopped Spurs being Spursy, yeah, and turned them into this kind of machine. People are afraid of them. I just wonder who they can get in that is going to recapture that or reignite that that element of Spurs because they haven't looked the same this season. I don't know whether it's just they're completely knackered. The end of a cycle. Um, but going back to what I was saying, I think it's such a shame for Spurs that they had all this positivity, they had this new stadium, they had this elite manager and the future was looking really bright and it's less than three months, four months into the season, the first season, full season in their new stadium and one of the major, major elements of that is gone. I would say this as well, yeah, I think if we look at, um, we talk about player power, we're in an era now though where elite coaches, given the sort of financial inequalities, can make a huge difference. And it just, to me, seems that if you've got a conflict between coach and players, which at least I think was part of this issue, not entirely, but part of it, then I think you back the coach. If you have an elite coach, because, and this sounds mean maybe, but elite players, I think are easier to come by than elite coaches in this particular context. Well, you've said it before, the, the, the quality of coaching in the Premier League, and we've said it before this season already on our 
young we podcast yeah. that how much better sides are in the Premier League when they're coached well. I mean, this sounds a little bit like Football Insight 101, but Sheffield United, prime example, when they played a number of teams this season, definitely individually, you wouldn't say that they matched up against them, but they've been coached so well that they, they're they great in the sum of their parts. Yeah. Again, another massive cliche, sorry. It's late. It's late, everyone. We had to, we had to run down here. Yeah, we did. You can't afford to just cast aside a coach that good. I'm no. not saying they cast him no. aside. I'm sure there was more complex than we are making out in our, you know, in, certainly in my slightly emotive state. But at the same time, I think people have to remember these, just how good and how, you know, what a generational talent Pochettino was. And I think, i got to be honest, I think Daniel Lee and the rest of the board underestimated him. You know, when, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson left Old Trafford, a lot of fans even underestimated just how good he was. Mm. Um, and I think Spurs are going to have the same chilling effect. They're going to feel that loss. I think a lot of fans are already aware of that. I think um, if you look at the sort of Twitter account, Act Bankrupt Spurs, it's hard to imagine a Twitter account more distraught than that one where he's basically saying like, don't talk about sort of player loyalty. I mean, it kind of feels like it was a little bit too early to pull this because say, for example, like when Arsenal moved to the new stadium, they had already had that success or sustained success that they could attract people on the name, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. I, the, I, the thing I would fear for Spurs for at the moment is that they seem like they haven't quite tipped the other way yet in order to solely sell people on the name or the, the size or the brand of the club. Does that make sense? Because I think before it you were felt going, like you were a going little to bit too early and before you were get, buying into the project, the coach, yeah. the new stadium. For sure. You know, that is one thing that I would be really worried about as a Spurs fan. But then again, you just don't know. I mean, you've, you see how well Leicester are doing this year, how quickly things can change. They want, they were going down, they stayed up, they're going to win the league, then they were in the bottom half of the table again and now they're fourth. Yeah, I mean, we, six months from now, we could be laughing at us and being like, well, actually, we've done well out of this. Look, yeah. at, look at Lampard. Yeah, definitely. Great example. Can I have a suggestion? Yeah. Because I haven't had a hot take yet. Give it gigsy to the end of the season. Oh, Mr. Okwanga. <laughs> I've held it in so well. I'm not even angry. I've held it in so well. You I'm, know, just, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I held it in. So I, was like, I didn't tweet it. I didn't send it. I was like, please let me have my moment. <laughs> Give it Gixie to the end of the Surely it would be Sherwood. <laughs> just sounds so good. But okay, right. Who's, who's going? Quick fire. Who's going? Who'll get the job? Yeah. Oh God. Um, because they have to move soon, right? Caretaker manager. It has to be someone a caretaker manager. Oh, it's not going to be David Pleat again, is it? No, it won't be Pleat. <laughs> it won't be. I, I, I know. <laughs> Who could it be? Maybe someone from within the club? It's mm. got to be someone like that because you can't bring in. I just don't think you can bring in a. It's only going to be. It can only really be a manager out of work. Nico Kovac. No, goodness no. He's still traumatized by the buying thing. I don't can't. think that's a good fit anyway. No, neither do I. Eddie Howe? Neither of them deserve that. He doesn't deserve to be thrown into that. He deserves to have a proper, like, sit down. Yeah, I mean, going in mid-season is very difficult. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. Do you think Spurs have kind of pretty much written the season off and then they're just looking to the season? They must. They must I mean, have that's so disappointing, their first season in the new stadium. They must have someone in mind. But someone said it. Was it, um, who's the person on Twitter who said this? can't remember the um, tweeter's name, but mentioned that documentary is going to be fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. That. Yeah, I mean, wow. All right, so finishing up, where next for Poch? Just think he'll take a little break. The beach. Yeah. Chill. Just chill, relax, 
turn your phone off, tell your agent to contact you once he's got at least five offers in that are really interesting. Then I'll let you next season. Oh, wow. Well, send me only to Spurs. Scorched earth. But he'll need money as well. He won't, he'll ask for it. He won't, he doesn't need it, but he'll ask for it. Simeone at Spurs would be amazing. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. I think Levy would be very surprised. <laughs> yeah. Actually, both clubs would be unlocked, wouldn't they? I think. Because also, let's look at this as well. If it's draw the parallel out, Simeone to Spurs, he knows how to work with an ailing, aging striker. Not that, you know, it's a case wow. of aging, but you know, 25. But, but, but no, but in, in terms 25 of, or 26, but in terms of you know, being diminished by injury, he worked with Costa really well and worked around it and brought even more out of Costa. So he knows how to adjust that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be great, actually. Pochettelletti. He'd be so happy Ooh. as well. Or he could, he, you know, he might get the Real Madrid job. Actually, you know what? Barca need to get on that. There's also a big vacancy in Bavaria. Barca need to get on Pochettino. But he won't go because he's a Spaniel boy. How deep does that go, though? I think it goes deep. Really? Yeah. We'll find out. I think he's, uh, he's never going to manage Portsmouth. Put it that way. No, that's true. And he's never going to manage Arsenal. No. I don't think he'll manage Barca. I just think... I'd love to be proved wrong, but I don't think he will. All I think is from the board's perspective, you look at like Spurs now, Daniel Levy somewhere having that, you know, I don't know if he's a drinker, but having, you know, having a whiskey or whatever, or a similarly stiff, soft drink and just being like, you know, that whatever we think of Levy, Levy the man has guts, actually. It's his club, isn't it? Yeah, and he's got, and he also, and in Levy's defence, because I've been critical, he does very much care about Spurs. He does very much care about running a club as a responsible business. And I, I really respect that, actually. I think from his perspective, the logic of it, he's like, look, if we can't get it done with you, we'll go out and find someone else. I think Levy would probably think, not being funny, but I was here before Pochettino. We brought him in when his rep wasn't as the second best coach in the world. And we gave him a platform to become that. And we can find another guy like that. We can get a Nagelsmann. So, so in Levy's defence, he can say... Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Nagelsmann. No, 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 no. No, but, no, but, but I mean, in, 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 his, in Levy's defence, and I want to sort of be fair to him to that extent because I've been critical, he will have had a sense of, I, I've done this before. Do you know what would be quite funny? And this is me being a little bit mischievous. Is if they just went and nabbed Ralph Hasenhuttle and he completely turned Spurs around. Because he could. Because <laughs> he has the tools. Because that's actually the squad that he could... There's the squad, yeah. Because he's good enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, sorry Spurs fans. Yeah, sorry Poch. I hope this has been a little bit cathartic. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it probably hasn't. We've probably poked the bear, made them all more angry. But that's how I, I just, that's how I felt. I was like, I actually, we need to record tonight. I was actually, I've got a big deadline quite soon, but I was like, I have to come in and talk about this because I don't normally, I've never, I don't really feel that way when other clubs use their managers, but this felt like, this felt bad for football. I mean, I'm going to put the biggest compliment I can pay Pochettino is that as an Arsenal fan, I've never feared Spurs as much as I did under Pochettino. And I mean, genuinely feared them as a football team. And I don't think I've dreaded the North London derby as an Arsenal fan as much as I have done over the last four or five years. With my Arsenal hat on, it's probably the biggest compliment I can pay to him and what he's done at Spurs. As a neutral, I really hope that Spurs find someone that can kickstart them again because they are entering this new era. And I genuinely mean that as a neutral. And for Poch, you know, I kind of hope that he goes into... Dortmund. 
Stop it. Stop Sorry. It. Stop. It's... Oh, Sorry. Stop it. What are you doing to me? Sorry. It's got very warm in here. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, go, goes into a job that he deserves as well and does really well. So, should we end it on that lovely, positive... Absolutely. Best no. of luck, Poch. And thanks for some of the best football and the best coaching I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd love to see him in the Premier League again. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, let's play out on Let Me Be Me by the Other People Place. How fitting a title. Bit of melancholy, but an absolute classic. Because of Spurs dropping this news late, the Ian Wright podcast will go up Friday. Alas. So talk about oversaturating the market with three bloody stadio podcasts this week. Listen, you shall not want for content. <laughs> uh, so we'll see you Friday. See ya.